You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. And here's your host, Vince. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to issue three of the Bow Down to Us Comics podcast. It is actually Friday this week, August 20th. We're a little off from our normal comic book day recording, but hey, we have some scheduling issues. There was vacations. There was parents in town. Things happen, but you know what? That's the great thing about recording all these episodes before the website goes live. Those of you listening won't even notice the hiccup. <laughs> so there we go. I've got my mostly faithful sidekick again with me, Roger. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Confused as all hell by some of your choices, but I'm, I'm, I'm surviving through it. I'm doing all right. Oh, I'm glad that you trust me enough to uh, pick up on some of my recommendations. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that I trusted you enough. It's that I felt I had to read them for the podcast. Otherwise, I probably would not have. But we'll get to that one later. All right. Well, we have uh, one small little news item to discuss first this week. A couple months ago on Twitter, and the Marvel writers love their Twitter. There's dozens of them all over the place. It's really great when you're following them. They're joking back and forth. But a couple months ago, Fred Van Lenty, one of my uh, favorite writers of the last couple years. He's done some amazing work on uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Incredible Hercules. He's been a really fun writer, writing just good, lighthearted stories. He announced that he's going to be writing an Avengers title this fall. So, of course, everybody wanted to know what it was. Well, Marvel has finally announced what's happening this fall. We've got a big event going on called the Chaos War. Basically, Amatsu Mikaboshi, a Japanese deity of death and destruction, has decided he's done with the universe. He just wants to take it down. And the last time this guy got pissed off, he ended up destroying Mount Olympus and killing Zeus. So all of the Marvel Universe and our universe, pantheons of gods, are combining together to take this guy down. They've said in the Chaos War storyline, you're going to see Hercules, Thor, Ares, all kinds of great mythological characters coming together to fight this big threat of the Chaos King. And the event is actually being run mostly by Van Lenty himself, and he's writing a miniseries to go along with it called The Dead Avengers, where the uh, gods have brought these Avengers not necessarily back from the dead because they're still actually dead, but at least reanimated them well enough that they can be their old heroic selves. And we're seeing a lot of classic Avengers that haven't been seen in decades. We're seeing Dr. Druid. We're seeing the Vision. We're seeing the original Swordsman and in the huge reveal, actually Captain Marvel. Marvel himself, who's been dead for 25 years or so, is finally making a true reappearance in the Marvel Universe. Maybe not permanently, but it's cool to really see one of Marvel's greatest heroes coming back into the spotlight. What do you think about this new story? Actually, that'd be pretty cool. It would be very interesting. It's um, like everything else that we've discussed this before, too. Death is not permanent in, in comic books. So you know that eventually you're going to be seeing um, the heroes that you loved before coming back. What's interesting is when they take the time to create something, an event that is fun enough to be able to get behind it and not just, oh, they're back or not just a reboot and things like that. Um, but come up with something unique, something that's fun. And, and granted, you know, zombie heroes is nothing new per se, but if they put just enough of a twist on it to make it something that's fun that you can get behind again, then it is something that'll be fun to read. Yeah. And like I said, these are heroes that a lot of people haven't seen, I mean, honestly, ever. I mean, Captain Marvel died when I was 
well, we won't get into how old I will or it'll make you cry, but when I was very young. <laughs> so we're seeing a lot of these classic characters coming back. Like, yeah, we've seen Hawkeye come back. We've seen all these various characters that everybody knows coming back. But this is a great way to reintroduce some newer readers to Marvel's history. Yeah, definitely. But enough about what's coming up this fall. We have two big events going on in Marvel right now, and that's what I want to discuss this week. We have two miniseries currently going on with vastly different stories and vastly different publishing plans, but are still both tons of fun to read. And the first we're going to talk about is Shadowland. For those that aren't aware, Shadowland is a daredevil story where he has taken over control of a bunch of ninja assassins and basically set up a police state in New York. And a lot of the other heroes aren't liking this. We've seen Daredevil starting to corrupt himself, going to extremes that he's never been to before. And they just want to talk to their friend and their friend doesn't want anything of it. He has essentially lost his mind. So uh, what do you think about a couple of the issues before we get into it in more depth? Well, actually, before I even give my impressions, it's not just that the heroes are having an issue with who he's becoming, but point blank that they're not being given any choice either. They're going to be either joining him or they're going to be run out of not only Hell's Kitchen, but New York as well, if they don't join up with him. So it's creating this very powerful rift in, in well, right now, Hell's Kitchen, and obviously going to spread from there. Um, I'm loving it. Now, granted, I'm not reading all of the additional you know, tie-ins that are going on everywhere. I've read the two issues so far, and I absolutely loved it. Now, this is something that you and I have talked about before, where in, excuse me, um, if, again, <laughs> it's, it's kind of odd to put yourself in the circumstances from a comic book, but if you were a hero, if I was a hero, all right, I would not be, and I understand that some of it is because, again, it's you're dealing with, sometimes younger readers or whatever. But you know what? It's nice to see a hero killing a bad guy. And I'm a, I'm a Buddhist pacifist here, okay? But if I was a hero, I would be taking some of these guys down. And it's that simple. If you know they're going to come back and, and like in this case of Bullseye, take out a freaking city block and kill tons of people, you know what? If you have the opportunity, I, hell, I would go Jeffrey Dahmer on their butts and eat them after I'm done just so there's no chance of them ever coming back because they'd never reanimate crap. So I seriously, I would not waste any energy. It would be like, that's that. But you don't see that often enough, which is one of those things that me personally, I hate. I, I, I want to see more of that reality of a hero losing it. And saying, yeah, I mean, that's it. And you're dying. Yeah, I find it interesting how these same exact heroes have no problem with Wolverine killing two guys to go get his morning cup of coffee. <laughs> but Daredevil kills a mass murderer and they're losing it. Now, obviously, we can't have heroes killing people everywhere. It stops being heroic at a point, And we still want the comics to be something that our kids can pick up and read every now and then. Like, I wouldn't want Spider-Man to stop offing people. But Daredevil's always been a dark character. Him taking the slightly darker turn, while it is a step in a different direction for the character, Character. It's not that outrageous, but the the uh, his friends did have a point when they talked to him, said, you're a lawyer. You believe in justice. How is this justice? And we're starting to see that not just his actions, but his entire mindset is twisting. I, it, I again, regardless of him being a lawyer, I think that's actually an 
I think they chose the right character, let me put it to you that way. Because had it just been anybody else, well, not necessarily anybody else, but most of the others, it wouldn't have resounded quite as much as it is with him. It does show just how desperate he has become. If you think of how much um, how much he cares for his his part of the city, Hell's Kitchen means everything to him. And so to see what happened to it then, you would think that, yeah, it makes sense that he would absolutely lose it. And then from there, go on this streak. And I, I like how they're they're progressing as well. I would have liked to see even more of the character progression leading downward than what we've seen. Uh, but even taking that into consideration, it's been very, very well written. The only downside that I'm seeing so far is... The amount of energy they're making it appear to be that's going to be needed to take him down. And I'm thinking, no, as much as it's a wonderful character and a powerful character, it wouldn't take too many (laughs) of the others to basically shut this operation down. Yeah, but that's the highlight of the series for me is these others. Like you said, he doesn't want to just stay in Hell's Kitchen. He wants to start taking control of more and more of New York. And as we know, New York is essentially the central nexus of the Marvel Universe. When Galactus wants a snack, that's where he lands. (laughs) So we're seeing all these street level heroes that patrol not, you know, they don't fly above the sky. We're not talking Thor and Iron Man here. We're talking these street level down to earth heroes that are stepping up to stop Daredevil. We see Spider-Man. We see Moon Knight. We see Luke. Cage, we see Iron Fist. Those four, if you add, if you made me t- make a list of my top ten characters of the last couple years, those four characters would be on the list. So they picked a great lineup of characters to oppose him. And then, as we saw in issue two, they brought in a fifth character that would be on that list with Ghost Rider coming out of nowhere, just throwing a complete epic twist into the storyline. Yeah, I I like the the choices as well that they're picking because it's not just your big name guys where in it would be even less believable. I mean, Thor drops down with his little freaking ball peen hammer there and says, okay, guess what? There, your little castle here is going bye-bye. Then that's believable. But because they're putting lesser characters in, I shouldn't say lesser. I mean, we saw in the last one, Spider-Man show up. Um, But it is something that it's, to a certain degree, I'm still able to believe, okay, yeah, he has a strong foothold in there. He's got all of these ninja dudes working with him and stuff. So, okay, fine. But once they start really calling in the cavalry here, it's going to be harder and harder to believe that he can get away with this. I mean, because, again, we've also got the Fantastic Four in there. And who else is in there? I mean, we got a crap load in New York that are strong enough that they can definitely take him out. Yeah, but, you know, with Daredevil being one of their, you know, brothers in arms, per se, they're, they're trying to take the nice way in first. But, yeah, I'm sure if he went too far, they'd, you know, drop Thor on his head. But they're giving him a chance, at least at this point. Yeah, it is. I, I'm loving the character development. I'm loving I, I, I'm hoping that there's going to be more of the character development with just Daredevil as it progresses, because I think that the first two issues had too much of Cage and the other guys and not quite enough of daredevil actually well you see that's kind of the negative part of this miniseries okay we have this cool miniseries with its five issues well in addition to those five issues you have five issues of dead or i'm sorry not dead deadpool daredevil now that's where a lot of matt murdoch's personal character development is so if you want to get both you know the full story suddenly now you're buying 10 comics we're also seeing a tie-in with Thunderbolts, which makes sense because Luke Cage is leader of that team. So now we're at 12 issues of just major publications. And then if you look at the last page of Shadowland, 
there's a huge list oh, yeah. to, for you to check <laughs> off of tie-ins and one-shots and miniseries. There are 18 additional issues covering Iron Fist, Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, like all the other side characters telling their sides of the story in addition to the main plot. So you have now looking at 30 issues for a five-month event. That is redunculous. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Now, granted, I'm going to keep going back for a little while to The War of Light just because it was so absolutely monstrous in scope and also because it's the latest very large epic whatever you storyline you want to call it um that i've read taking into consideration what i saw in there and what so far i'm seeing in this i think i would actually be more interested in reading more of these tie-ins because a lot of what you said it's on the street this isn't a battle of rings and pretty colors in another universe kind of thing this is right here it's in hell's kitchen and it's going to be spreading from there potentially and it's involving people on the street that actually is something that you can feel more uh, akin to and you can allow yourself to get more involved in that storyline kind of thing so these are actually some that i may very well be picking up a lot of these tie-ins just to see how they play with that Oh, yeah, I would love to read the Moon Knight issues and the Ghost Rider issues, but at a point, it's just enough is enough. You know, if I had to choose between reading the Moon Knight Shadowland tie-in or getting the latest issue of Batman Beyond, hey, sorry, Moon Knight, I'm going to buy Batman. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 at some point, it, it's just enough is enough. And we're seeing a lot of this with these events lately, like you saw in War of Light. Everything leading up to Blackest Night was pretty self-contained within the Green Lantern books. But all of a sudden, Blackest Night comes around and there's a million tie-ins trying to cash in on the popularity. Now, obviously, people bought it, so it was a good business decision. But I, I, I just feel that at some point, they're taking story out of the central title just to make these tie-ins. And it's something we really need to keep an eye on in the industry because we've seen this before where comics just got too big for themselves and crashed. Yep. So as a nice counter to that, we have the other event going on right now. And I'm glad you mentioned the War of Light because this is essentially Marvel's version of the War of Light in the Thanos Imperative. Mm -hmm. Thanos Imperative is their big cosmic event. Yeah, that's right. There's stuff going on outside of New York City, stuff going on outside of Earth. There's a whole universe to the Marvel Universe with a vast array of really cool characters that I've grown to love over the years. So we're seeing in Thanos Imperative that the universe itself is at stake. It's being invaded by a parallel universe where death no longer exists. Without death, life has grown too large for the universe. They need to expand. There's all kinds of craziness going on. You've got your Lovecraftian, uh, chthonic entities, as they're calling it, whatever. It's, that part of it is the existential side of the battle. But the actual miniseries itself is being handled very interestingly. They took the two ongoing universe series, if you want to call them that, in Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova, and they actually put both of those titles on hiatus for six months. They said, we want to take all of our creative energy, all of our writing, all of our artwork, and focus on this big, huge story that we're doing. We want to make this worth your four bucks every month. And at least on that point, I felt this series is really excelling. It's phenomenal for someone like me who knows the characters i find it very to be very well written so i'm gonna let you take the comic noob side of this argument and because I, I 
I did recommend for you to read this because I'm enjoying it a lot and I wanted to talk about it today. So I'm sure you're you're bursting with confusion. So uh, oh let, dear let lord, go. dear lord, <laughs> there's not enough liquor in the world to make this make sense. Now, <laughs> and and you hit the nail on the head there. You're enjoying it a lot more because you know these characters. Um, I'm reading this and I'm seeing a freaking raccoon and a dog, and you 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 know my love of animals in superhero roles, okay? Okay, to to stop you for one second, the dog makes sense. It he was a Russian not. test animal sent into space and he got lost. <laughs> and he learned how to speak in mind control. Yeah, why not? Because what else is a dog going to do in outer space? Dog, see, this is like the cat with the <laughs> ring. Come on, people, really? And the raccoon, the raccoon with the gun. What? See, as soon as you start tossing that in, now see that. Oh, oh, oh. War of Light. There, the freaking cat with the ring ruined a lot of different parts for me. It's 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 hard enough for me to take it seriously. Let me put it that way. Okay, right. you got a war with freaking colored rings and the rings of love and all this crap, and you're expecting me to take this seriously. All right, fine, I'll give you that don't toss animals in there and it's the same thing here we've got what is amounting to this monstrous event and yes it did take me a little bit longer to make sense of it because uh, point blank i'll say it the writing at the beginning is far too confusing it's not well done i'm not impressed had it not been for the fact that you recommended it for the show, I would have stopped partway through the first one simply because it was too confusing and not fun to read. But tack on top of that, animals with guns and mind probing abilities? No, no, no. When you're when the other superheroes have got to be carrying around doggy bags with them just in case the their their cohorts have an accident, that that's no longer believable. I mean, and, and that's saying a lot considering what we're reading here. Yeah, well, again, that's a character issue. Actually, the Rocket Raccoon, as he's known, is a character that Marvel's been publishing way back in the day during the 80s and and the, the highlight of their real outer space uh, universe when Captain Marvel was still being published, when Guardians of the Galaxy, the first run, was super popular. Rocket Raccoon is an old character that's been around the Marvel Universe for a while, as have all these characters, which is why I love it. They're old school characters that some writer walked into Joe Quesada's office one day and said, hey, you see all these characters we haven't used in a decade? Let me have them all and write an awesome story about it. And that's what he's done because uh, DNA, as the fans call them, Dan and Andy, for the last five years have actually been turning out some of the best writing in Marvel with these characters. Well, and I mean, I when I was reading was literally 25 years ago up until like, recently when I started back again and I recognize a few of these uh, I don't recognize no raccoon and I don't recognize a dog and I, there's a bunch of these that the I, dog's new I'll give you that yeah, one <laughs> I don't recognize these um I mean obviously silver surfer I do and there's a couple other ones that I do as well but there's a lot of them that I don't see and the problem with that then is that this becomes fanfare is all it is. So you're given some loving to your fans who have been around long enough to appreciate all of these characters. However, the downside of that is that you're alienating newer readers who have no concept of who these characters are and so really find it hard to actually care for them. The universe, the, the, the Marvel Universe as we know it, the most commonly known Marvel Universe, is the one that a lot of people are able to 
identify with and so care about those characters. There's a reason why we have so many different uh, miniseries, one-shots, and everything of known characters is because we know those guys, so we can allow ourselves to feel a lot more when something happens to them. So instead, when you take a whole bunch of characters that a lot of people are simply not going to have a clue who they are, it's really hard to get yourself involved in the story for someone like yourself who knows them then of course i can appreciate this is fantastic and you'll love it but for someone like me like i said i would have stopped halfway through the first issue and really after i'm done reading this third one i'm not going to be bothering with the other ones well, you see that that's your decision. But, hey, that's why we have a podcast to let these people know that there is good writing out there. And if, if they want to take the time and the effort to go get some backstory on these characters, all the trade paperbacks are available. Start off with Annihilation. I picked it as one of the best hundred stories of all time. It's some good stuff out there. But, yeah, the, the thing I'm loving about this is the sheer epicness of the storyline. Again, for me, I know these characters. I know if Thanos is involved, big stuff's going down. When the Silver Surfer shows up, you know something is about to happen. You know Galactus isn't far behind him. And when Galactus comes with his own army as backup and they get defeated, things have gone completely insane. Like you said, you haven't finished the third issue, so you haven't gotten to the point where the story just jumped another 50 feet up in the air for me when Nova develops his strike team. Now, Nova, he's basically the Marvel's version of the Green Lanterns. He's the space cop. He's actually starring in one of the Avengers titles right now, so he's a well-known character. He picks five people to go on the offensive with him. He picks Quasar, one of their galactic characters, but yet one of the most powerful people in the universe. He picks Ronan the Accuser the most powerful warrior in the Kree Empire. He picks Gladiator, who I'm assuming you know from the X-Men storyline as the captain of the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, correct? I'm looking through trying to find out where the hell you are on this ep- on this issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's near the end of the third issue. Okay, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about, yes. So yeah, you know Gladiator. He's been around for a long time in yes. a lot of X-Men stories. You've got the silver freaking surfer who everybody who has read a comic book knows. And then you're going to laugh at me, but again, he's one of my favorite characters, Beta Ray Bill. The alien Thor is part of this storyline. So when they brought in Bill, I was like, okay, now this has gotten so much more awesome. And they showed uh, in a preview uh, online a scene of these six guys going into action against the enemies. And you just go, wow. These guys don't stand a chance. These Each one of these people could destroy half the universe on their own, and they're all banding together. So for me, again, as a fan of these characters, I found this miniseries to be great. And again, since they're not publishing all the tie-ins, while someone like you who might like a tie-in to know more about Quasar or know more about uh, Ronan the Accuser, it's not the way they wanted to do this. They wanted to focus all their creative energy on this one big storyline. And that's something I can appreciate because I don't have to buy two, three, four books a month to get the full story. Cool. I got nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really what we wanted to talk about this week. We got big events going on. That's what summer is known for. DC has their own stuff going on. They've got the brightest day and the Justice League generations lost. That seems to be an interesting uh thing going on there because they're both being published every other week so every week you go to the comic book store one of them is waiting for you on the shelf and brightest day started off pretty crappy and then it got awesome at around issue seven generations lost started off awesome and it got pretty crappy at around issue seven so it's a summer of reading of big events there's a lot of fun to be had out there 
and just go. Don't be afraid. If you see something that you don't know, that's what the Internet's for, man. Marvel Wiki. Hook it up. Learn a something new. Well, so we're going <laughs> to. So we're going to wrap up real quick with uh, some of this week's releases. Of course, they've already been released and I've already read several of the, these issues. And let me tell you, this week is not easy on the pocketbook. I'm looking at Darkwing Duck number three, chapter three of the Duck Knight Returns. Laugh if you want, but it has been very fun. I'm laughing. (laughs) For those of you who missed out on it, we're also getting a second printing of the first issue, which means it actually has been pretty popular there, Raj. No counting for taste is what it boils down to. (laughs) We have issue three of the Batman Beyond miniseries. Which is awesome. Yes. As I spoke about already, we have Brightest Day number eight. We have a good one for you, Roger. Issue three of Dragon Age. It's waiting for me right now. I got the call yesterday from the dude at the comic shop saying he's got my my issue. That's that's one of the ones that without fail I'm picking up because I'm loving it. Yes. We have issue 640 of Amazing Spider-Man, a constant uh, per presence on this list issue three of new avengers and then a double dose of avenger action issue four of secret avengers and then on the x-men front we've got uncanny x-men 527 and new mutants number 16 i have read uh, thus far actually about half of those on the list and i haven't been disappointed by any of them i need to come up with some funds to maybe try and get the other half because i really want to read all of these <laughs> so um, it's not a good week on the pocketbook thankfully the last couple weeks have been a little on the light side so maybe we've got a little extra cash saved up somewhere yeah i in the thing with that too is that i'm i'm finding now ones that i want to get but case in point the new mutants i now have to get all of those back issues as well because i want to start that sucker from the beginning well, we're actually going to be talking about New Mutants next week, so I'll see if maybe I can't maybe to just get one or two of those back issues to at least know where we're going right now. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's it for issue number three, everyone. Thank you for listening. We will should be back on our normal schedule next week for issue number four, and we'll see you then. Take care, folks. <laughs>